my first podcast i really couldn't think of anyone better than a dear friend who make conversations happen he's a creative thinker and an effective conversationalist who excels in quick thinking free format conversations and inspiring talks the founder and curator of awesome workers a platform that inspires and motivates through the art of deep conversations he is also my fellow toastmaster who's involved in the program quality initiatives of toastmasters international at the district level covering uae oman jordan and lebanon now he is someone who epitomizes the quote from winston churchill to improve is to change to be perfect is to change often i take immense joy to have a rendezvous with someone who literally walks the talk so spread your hands bring them together and with a resounding applause let's welcome samir jippy yippy yippy <laughs> yes yippy yippy samir jippy how are you i'm very good samir you thank you very much for having me over here and really feel honored for you to choose me as the first one uh, i know i've known you for quite some time and i know the kind of passion that you put into your projects so i'm sure this is going to kick off into a amazing journey for you so all the very best thank you so much samir i created this podcast because the intent was very clear to share real life experiences of ordinary people who've had some extraordinary journey to develop and maintain a growth mindset because i strongly believe you need to have the right kind of mindset to be able to make those changes in life now you are someone who's continuously evolving and truly believe change is constant now we both truly believe that making those choices begins with the right mindset so let's start from the beginning samir so when you say let us start at the very beginning where do you want me to start uh, the fact that I didn't have a choice to come into this world. I'm sure your parents were keen to have you into this world. I know you have background. You have like a civil engineer, right? From there, how did the whole evolution take place for you to make all of these constant changes? Why do you remind me about this? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why I need to rub it in your face. See, I know engineers who get into the banking world, right? Because it's all about the numbers they they're really good at. The very few of them, at least in my social circle, I know. who've taken a completely parallel track and that's why i'm very eager to understand and share with our listeners so i figured out that i don't want to do engineering very early on in my life and i'll say how early it was like all indian kids to indian parents you know you expect you have what they say is you have three choices in life you either be four choices right you become either an engineer a doctor a lawyer or a or <laughs> okay i'm glad i wasn't aware of the four choice engineer doctor lawyer or nobody so i chose engineering because i had a biology teacher who used to give us uh, surprise tests and i used to never study so i used to always she used to pinch over here you know under our arms Ouch. and that bleed and it used to be so painful that i hated biology for the rest of my life so i'm never becoming a doctor like this i guess my choices started from avoiding pain in the first place doing things that didn't excite me doing things that didn't bring me joy doing things that i was not enjoying was i think one of the fundamental uh, principles of me making choices in life when i chose engineering to do engineering it was also again to avoid the pain of seeing my parents disappointed i think yeah. a lot of us start making choices like that where we don't want to make other people upset where we don't want to make uh, the society Absolutely. upset you know and we avoid the pain and we focus so much on the pain and it's funny because 
as kids we are growing we don't think more about the pain we think about the pleasures of life Pleasure. as our mind starts getting wired in a completely different way because our parents are always saying don't do this or don't do that or avoid this or don't fall or don't be stupid remember really after my 12th standard telling my parents telling my dad just i hinted to him you know i think i don't want to do engineering anymore i want to do a computer diploma course and he just do the talk. <laughs> no, the, imagine your parents yeah. uh, frame of mind at that time my, my mom was very cool it was my dad who was uh, very driven into making me into an engineer and then i joined engineering the first year of engineering there was this sir whose name is mohammad amin i remember very few people's names i remember very few things that were taught in class all right this is one of the few things that i remember from college i'm going to share so engineering mechanics first year first uh, class of engineering mechanics this gentleman uh, mohammad amin he walks in he's got this beard his pants are above his ankles he's a very religious person very nice soft voice amazing brain he he was one of the toppers in in his times in his masters in his bachelors program and everything he was one of the best professors in our college as well and i finished from nit it used to be called regional engineering college in those days so he said something he said so the first question he asked was how many of you in this class is here by choice those <laughs> civil engineering i think we had about three or four hands go up out of a class of 60 because civil engineering was the last option for everyone who was going to engineering they would go into computer science they would go to electronics they would make all those choices right so we were like the leftovers of everything that came <laughs> yeah. and then he said something very profound he said uh, doctors are human beings or people who take care of one life at a time i mean they are operating and they are working on somebody's body and they are doing things and they are impacting that one person's life at a time you guys are civil engineers you're building bridges and dams and houses and apartments and buildings you're impacting so many lives at a time so be oh. careful of what you do i just said i don't want to do civil engineering <laughs> yeah so in fact i told my dad in the second year also that i want to discontinue because i knew at that point of time this is not what i want to do he said you have started something finish it and then we will see later good thing thanks to him i, I didn't end up like steve jobs or bill gates drop out <laughs> i think walked earlier i would have been more successful but uh, and that's a very important point in our conversation today because you're asking about this change right we spend our whole lives pleasing others and not pleasing ourselves and i learned how important it is to have self love and self expression if you want to actually be an amazing human being and you see this especially in parenting a lot a lot of parents actually impose on their kids choices self expression because they want they know exactly they feel how the life should turn out they feel like this is how you should live your life you don't know we know more than you do because you're too young to know it you're too young to understand life we have seen more of it so we know what's good for you and we are going to tell you what you should do it's also unfulfilled ambitions of parents right which they dump on their children which is a case with a lot of our indian parents <laughs> it's like i wasn't able to do it you've got the opportunity and the platform <laughs> and they make you send you on a guilt trip <laughs> yeah remember the scene from uh, which is that movie dilwale dulhaniya le jayenge so anupam cares says you have to come and start working in office the next day he says okay i'll live my life i'll come and 
start uh, working. He says, no, if you think you have lived your life, then go and live my life. Very profound scene. I love that. So to answer your question, how do I make my choices and how I made my choices was like this. I was all my life trying to fit into different people's view of me. And each time I realized that that was not pleasing me, I moved on to the next one. I would give it a go. I would give it a try. I would see if there is some alignment for me over there. And in fact, where I am right now today, I feel so blessed because I feel life was preparing me for this role. And if every human being gets that, that everything that you do is life preparing you for something else. And that's something better than what you have right now. Then it's impossible for us to be disappointed by anything that goes on in our lives. Because it's, it's what shapes us, it's what makes us stronger, it's what makes us evolve. It makes us realize what we don't want to do also as much as knowing what we want to do. So it's that awareness, the self-awareness, or it's like something deep within you that you need to tap and understand? Yes. I'm very tempted to ask you questions <laughs> because I want to think about these things. And if that is an option, then tell me. We can... no, not, not at all. I'm the host here. It's my show. I shall dictate the terms and conditions. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Shoot. You know, you were a speaker at this business conclave session of uh, Come On Kerala 2020 right? at the Sharjah Expo Center recently. There was this beautiful thing you said about Ikigai and the Kaizen way. There's one thing which was really profound, which stood out for me. You mentioned that you always focused on the life you wanted more than the job. Now, we can improve what we can measure. So can you share your insights on this wheel of life? You know, the 10 areas of life you keep measuring to improve the quality of your life. How do you go about that? Every time you feel stuck, how do you implement these things to make those changes? So this is a very profound and simple and easy exercise. If I were to ask you right now on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate yourself on, let us say, community and contribution, what you're doing for community? What would your number be? Give me a number. Eight. Eight. So when you're saying it is an eight, and you will do this for other areas of your life as well, right? You'll do it for your family. You'll do it for your relationships. You can do it even for an individual. Uh, like, for example, your relationship with you and your husband on a scale of one to ten, what would you put it at right now? Nine. Nine, right? So when you're saying it is an eight or a nine or whatever that number is, you're also saying without saying what a ten looks like for you. Now, that number has no meaning, right, by itself. And if it's a low number, let's say five or four or three, it does not mean it is bad. It just says that I have so much more to do. There is so much more scope for me to improve. And mm. when we start pushing ourselves and putting a much higher target for ourselves in any area of our life and saying, I want to stretch myself. I want to do so much more than what I'm doing right now. But a lot of people, they struggle with not knowing what that could be. They have not even defined or they have not gone out and explored what are the other things that they could be doing to enhance the quality of either relationship or money or career or any aspect of life for that matter. And the moment we have, in fact, when I hear a low number, when someone scores a low on a, any given scale, for me that is so much more profound because in their mind, they're saying, I wish I could do these things as well and those things as well and I wish I had done those things as well. Sometimes when they say it's the perfect 10, it's just that this area of life is sorted and I want to focus on other areas of Something life. Else. So the numbers or the exercise itself is about bringing in awareness again about what life could be. People talk about living a balanced life. 
but yeah work life balance especially <laughs> and the fact is they don't define that concept the single most important tool or element or whatever it is is clarity getting clarity is the tool is nothing else and we we live in so much noise around us we live in so much of chaos around us we live in hurriedness so around us that we don't have don't focus on giving the attention span to create better clarity and clarity means not just knowing the action but also knowing the why because once you know your why once you know exactly why you're doing it what is your purpose and then what happens is there is a congruence in everything that you do and when you start having that way of life then what happens is life truly becomes beautiful and effortless for each individual to find that purpose is really important and i think when you do that then you find the way to achieve those purpose like you'll always find people and you know different elements that comes together for you to help achieve that purpose in life true now how do you define what is the distinction between purpose and goal a goal is something that i have set it could be a short term long term goal something small uh, that i have set to achieve and a purpose is like a sense of being for me something that will give me immense satisfaction and that so could you say this podcast is your purpose what do you mean by that something that i feel gives me a lot of joy a lot of pleasure in being able to create this platform to reach to a wider audience so and share you, insights and uh, so why do you not say this is your goal and why do you call it your purpose but goals don't they change because you have a goal and then it's like okay i've achieved it what next so i would as you would do it and after you're done with it it's like what could, next right right so it's a goal then right so what i've identified and what i've realized about life is this if we want to live profound lives if we want to start living a life where we start creating real impact and we start having a real meaningful life the number one thing that we have to understand about ourselves which means self awareness is to understand the distinction between the words that we use the choice of our words and what it means to us has to be very very clear otherwise what happens is we feel like we are going on a particular journey or we feel like we are doing certain things but just when i ask a few questions about certain words that are used in a conversation when people are sharing with me during my coaching or turning point or any of those conversations that we have you suddenly start realizing that the clarity is not there yet they have used the word for so long in their life that they really sometimes don't know what it means to understand them understand the meaning correct the other day i was asking about the word worry for instance we are talking about worry and when you ask someone to describe what worry is or what happiness is you start seeing that you have used it for so long that you use the word itself as the meaning of the word <laughs> that's so true <laughs> Yeah I think you just frivolously throw around those words. <laughs> yeah. But the moment you start describing it you start seeing like for example right now attempt it and see what does worry mean to you? Grief what else does it mean to me? Can I look up the synonym for it on google.com? <laughs> it's not about how google or the dictionary says it and this is what is very important. It's not what the dictionary meaning is. It's about what is what it means to you. Us. How do we interpret it? because how we interpret it is what will define the quality of our life because how we use it in our lives and how we use it to uh, make a conversation either with somebody else or within our own mind say i'm very worried what is worry to you 
and suddenly you're not able to describe it. But the moment you're able to describe it, then what happens is you're able to deal with it. Understanding what is the DNA of that word, which means the DNA of how that whole idea is conceived in your mind. And suddenly you start breaking down the whole process in your mind and say, oh, that's something I can deal with. But because you don't uh, even deal with no. it. For example, worry is uh, when something uncertain happens, all right? Or, or, or something in the future is going to happen that is uncertain. If that is worry for the you. It's uncertainty, correct. Then what you can do is you can deal with it. You can see what certainty can you bring to that event. Suddenly you'll ask questions like, what is it that I can do or what action can I take or how can I remove the maximum number of uncertainty elements from that event? And suddenly you start dealing with it because now you know what worry is for That's, you. Uh, so you've identified the meaning and then you're able to kind of relate to it and make those changes. Make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Anything that we say is a reflection of our thinking and our thinking is what creates our results in life. It's how we think is how life shows up. I always say this, there are anything that happens in our life happens twice. You know this, right? In our first, heads and... <laughs> first it happens in our head. Yeah, and, and then, then in reality. And you are someone that I know very passionately about who visualizes what she wants with so much of clarity that you know what to go for because you have seen it in your mind with such crystal clarity. And you do this in your professional life. You do this in your Toastmaster life. You're doing this right now with the podcast. You have such a drive because in your mind, you just have that vision or you create that vision in your mind. And that is where the first process is. And a lot of people don't create it here as well. They so yeah, it's a visualization process and then you're taking actions to make it happen. So everything happens in my head and then I'm so clear and then I know, okay, this is my plan on how I'm going to go about it. So that's why I say when you're creating in your mind, the words that you choose for yourself is very mm. important. Words are the building blocks of thoughts. It is how you build those thoughts. And if you don't use them effectively, if you don't use them consciously, if you don't use them with self-awareness, then what happens is you lose the opportunity to actually live a spectacular life. You lose the opportunity to create meaningful results. And you might end up creating situations for yourself where you might go through anxiety, stress, and all those negative emotions in life. And you're not even aware that you have created all this because of your thinking. And your thinking is made up of words. So it's like a whole link, right? Your thoughts, words, the way you link everything and the uh, outcome of it. Absolutely, right? Like imagine when you have been angry or frustrated or upset, what happens before that? I've already created in my head all the thoughts are there and that I'm just kind of now verbally saying what's in my head. Right. Expressing it. Yeah. So your feelings are an outcome of your thoughts. Your thoughts are not an outcome of your feelings. You don't feel upset and then start having negative thoughts. Negative thoughts. So t- <laughs> you have negative thoughts and then you yeah. start feeling. So all you have to do is shift your thinking to shift your mood. If you want to shift your mood, Ask yourself, what am I thinking right now that is causing me to feel this way? I agree because I use this all the time in my daily life, right? Rather than getting upset over situations and then you know frivolously saying something and then being worked up about what I have said because I didn't mean to, but just because I'm upset. So now I have my thought process. I'm like, okay, let me take a time out, cool down, then handle the same situation in a very different manner where the outcome is what I want. 
So you see why you do that? Do you realize why you do that? If I'm angry and if I'm going to say something, I'm not going to think rationally. It's because I'm upset. That's the feeling I have. So I'm just going to say everything. Afterwards, I will regret it because even after I've said that, I have not had the result that I wanted to. But I, if I had to take a step back, think clearly in my head, and say what I have to, I would have had the outcome that I wanted. So for me, the result of an emotion is really important. because that's what my head is thinking right now this is what i'm saying and that's a positive result so for me a positive result is really important so for that i really try and always take a step back and think very like however upset i am i just try to take a step back and not say things at that moment and this is what i've learned over time like earlier i should just be you know okay i'm angry i have to just get it out of my system not really realizing the impact i'm having on the other person and then i might feel regret about it or remorse but then you know that more, that anxiety of course the other person that's not going to just change so i think it's much your maturity and over time i've just realized how to tackle situations and 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 what kind of a person do you want to come across to people when you yeah that's the thing right so i don't i i i okay i've always been a people pleaser so for me making people happy be the reason for someone's happiness that's have been a prime importance so i do not want to be responsible for anyone's unhappiness that's like guaranteed <laughs> because i feel miserable about it afterwards so you see this is very key over here you could have chosen so many reasons that you could have shared but you chose to speak about that about pleasing people and making sure that you are not the reason for somebody else's unhappiness right and what that shows is your clear intent that is the foundation of every conversation that you have of every communication that you have every relationship that you build that is your clear intent and that intent is what is guiding you to have those thoughts and to be who you are in whatever way you are some people have the intent i have to be successful some people have the intent to uh, be driven some people have the intent to never give up or never fail or never uh, look bad in front of other people some people have the intent to be world class some people have the intent and each intent is what will guide conversations each intent is what will be manifesting in outcomes so if someone is having a negative life and and this applies to everyone who's listening out here and who's getting you know they keep saying i've tried everything and it's everything. not worked they've given up yeah if there is one thing that i would ask them to you know anyone to uh, explore it would be to identify what is the intent of how they want their quality of life to be and if they go back to that then they'll start seeing that and that is a foundational element you know that is what you built everything on and you can't build a great personality or a great anything on a weak foundation you can't build it on on greed you can't build it on because it will show up you know it will exactly. see it and uh, it will be very evident because your choice of words the language that you use and the choices that you make in life the kind of people that you will attract will all be from that space absolutely because it's in your blind spot it's it's is there <laughs> intentional that you don't even realize it is intentional it's reached a certain point that it becomes unintentional after that so you know when i'm looking at your journey uh, sameer It's really interesting the way things have panned out for you. So you've been a civil engineer, you've been a photo framer, a copywriter, 
And the interesting thing I wanted to ask you about was after doing your copywriting short stint in Bangalore, you went to this place called Oroville in Pondicherry. And that's the place I think where you've kind of had a key amount of learning. Can you share with us your journey in Oroville? What was the mind shift you had there that you then moved on to other aspects of your life? Did that place create a certain impact on you? Because from your conversation, I feel it has done somewhere. So Oroville is the best thing that happened to me in my life at that age. You know, How old were you? I was 22, I guess. 22, okay. 23. So I didn't work as a copywriter. I aspired and I worked trying to get a job in copywriting for six months. And I remember those days, I used to go to the big names, you know, like Ogilvy and uh, Redison and all these big uh, rear diffusion in, back in Indian Bangalore. I used to walk up to these big brand uh, ad agencies and I would stand outside and I would ask myself, before I'm going in for an interview or before I'm just going in knocking on the doors and I would ask myself, does this company deserve me? <laughs> ah. Honestly, was that your approach at 22? <laughs> I was so very confident about myself and I would walk in, I would do the interview, I would not get the job, I would walk up, I would say, Your loss? I thought you'd say your loss. <laughs> Their loss, right? I mean, they missed a chance to uh, find someone. So I was in that positive frame no matter what happened to me. And I think that has been my way of being for a long period of time. So you always kind of were confident and you loved yourself. It was not always like that. And I've noticed that I am like that when I am in my own element, able to do the things that I want to do where nobody else is imposing themselves on myself. And that was a great learning for me as well. I'll get to that. But so six months of not getting a job, I said, I'm packing my bags. I'm moving to Oroville for a few days or weeks or whatever that is. And let me explore. And I went to Oroville and I didn't have money because I wasn't working for a long period of time. Right. And I said, uh, I went to the guest reception. I said, I want to find someone and stay somewhere. I ended up living on a farm with a guy called Krishna. His farm was called Solitude. And I still remember I, I created an acronym for that farm you know solitude did i speak about it in the talk no i don't no i haven't heard that the solitude and this applies to everything in our life actually solitude the acronym that i created for that is space one lives in to unravel deep energies oh wow and that is so true and i feel that is how my life has evolved i am able to unravel my deep energies when i am with myself in space mm. I'm with myself and I'm doing the things that I choose to do and I'm not distracted and I'm not, it's not that I don't thrive in groups or communities or teams or whatever that is, but I feel we can all tap into our deepest energy when we are in touch with our energy. So I met this gentleman over there who used to be in advertising in Bombay for many, many, many years. And he was sitting in the farm and he was harvesting peanuts alongside me. And I was like, I'm trying to get into a job that you had for so many years and you left that and came here and you're harvesting peanuts over here. He said something profound, which a lot of advertising professionals don't agree with. He said, Samir, advertising is all about selling things to people that they don't really need. Need, absolutely. So at that point of time, living on the farm where we had hardly any electricity, we used to live on solar and uh, we used to spend the time 
on the field early in the morning go to the beach have a swim come back do the work in the field in the evenings i mean during the day cook food together we had a complete international community over there in the evening we had to go go to this uh school on the outskirts where we used to teach children who couldn't attend schools in the morning who didn't have money so we used to contribute our time so that we could make a difference in their lives doing all this i realized how little we need in our lives to be happy and that was the most profound learning i got from moral that we need so 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 little to be so 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 happy and the the less we have we actually have the opportunity to be more happy the more we have the more we put on to ourselves and the more we start thinking in so many different angles i'm not saying rich people cannot be happy it's not that but it's just that if you're sorted in your head if you're sorted in your mind if you're sorted with yourself that is the most beautiful and amazing place to be in uh, for any human being and a lot of people struggle with everything in their life because of not being sorted not having self love and if there is one message that i want people to have where they can live a truly spectacular life is first to have self love and then secondly if you are a parent if you are a boss if you are someone who is caretaking somebody else allow the people in your care to love themselves we impose ourselves on ourselves people. exactly it's like a mirror image you want someone to be a mirror image of you right so so oruvel was your turning point at that time to kind of for your journey ahead i've had so many turning points and <laughs> that's why you have a session <laughs> turning point <laughs> yeah i could relate to that <laughs> so i think my first big turning point if you were to ask me was by the book which is called uh, the fountain head and that was the book that actually made me i think love myself it's uh, called the fountain head fountain head by ayn rand okay i think that is the book that opened my eyes and my world to celebrating humanity celebrating the humanness in each one of us celebrating uh, who i am for who i am for giving me the courage to stand up to my dad and tell him i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to <laughs> it's very difficult to actually uh, because we are weak right we have grown up always being the weak person in the relationship because parents are providing and you are the one who's at the receiving end so one find it to stand up and tell the ones who have cared for you all your life that i don't want to do this i don't agree with you is requires tremendous amount of uh especially if they have not created their environment for environment you, correct then it becomes very difficult to actually be vocal about it so so is that was there like a shift in your mind where you decided okay you know what i'm going to go and approach my father and tell him no this is not what i want to do because as you said right it's really difficult when you come from that place where you've always been told what to do and then suddenly to have that courage in you to just go up and say you know what i don't want to do this i don't agree with you what is your thought process how are you working on your mind at that point of time to make that decision it's courage right it's you're weighing the odds of if i say this what will happen if i don't say this what will happen i have to give it to my dad I, in in terms of i have put him put him through a really tough time <laughs> uh way of being and with my way of uh, i've given him I, i've been a very difficult son to him i think and 
so there was this one time where at the age of 19 i think which was a huge turning point in our relationship as well uh with my dad where i was so upset with him for something that i wrote him a letter saying everything that he had done wrong to me from the age of whatever i could remember and you were still living with him at that time yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you wrote a letter to him nice crazy <laughs> <laughs> but what opened up for us in that conversation he cried i cried he said he didn't mean any of those things it was not how he perceived things uh he wanted always the best for me and i understood that after that but what happened after that was i think it slowly gave me the courage because he said unless you tell me i won't know i think we take our role of parents too damn seriously seriously <laughs> like it's a we have got a project and we are responsible <laughs> for it and if anything goes wrong it means we have done something wrong if that doesn't work out well then it's like it's like it's it's not like a software program code that you write and if the output does not come correct then you're the one who is responsible and then you're going to lose your job or anything right I think it's also more for parents you know it's like how good a parent you've been when you see your child successful or oh, you know I did a good job on the child I think it's also that you know accolade Yeah so as well it's like yeah I'm responsible if it is wrong Yeah I produced a bill gates <laughs> No but and it doesn't work out well what you'll end up saying is I did I don't everything know who. It, it doesn't listen to me right That's how it I don't know who he or she has taken after <laughs> you cannot be my child <laughs> yeah i agree yeah but the thing is uh, it's it's for every parent to create that safe environment right from a very 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 young age i was just reading uh, today about stress what the definition of stress is and how what is the cause of stress and and one of the cause of stress there are primary and secondary causes for stress and the primary cause usually is it's called the essential uh, form of stress and uh, what it means is it's something that gradually builds up it it is there it's like a silent killer in your life not for stress actually for high blood pressure and high blood pressure results in stress right uh, stress i mean stress manifests as high blood pressure right so when i was looking at the whole idea uh you just start realizing that your way of being your way of communication your way of everything that you have been doing for a long period of time is the reason why you are in the situation that you are and if you really want to deal with it and i know that your audience who you have chosen right now for them it is so important the way that you start building on those it's like a muscle you know like you go to the gym you pick up a dumbbell you start exercising uh you suddenly start doing 200 300 on the same day it doesn't you know it you'll burst your muscle tendons or whatever that is right whereas if you do it gradually what happens is it gets stronger and stronger and that's the same with the mind and that's the same with relationships that's the same with how yeah, nurture so the muscle in a gradual process and self awareness self love and if we have these two things then i think Uh, the outcomes for any child would be awesome and for any parent they would see that result manifesting in uh, everything that they do much more beautifully i mean you have been in toastmasters you have been leading teams you have seen right you you empower and then you let them do things absolutely because you don't and want to be micromanaging them 
And when you do that, then what happens is you see creativity come out of that because Correct. you're giving them the space to explore and expand and grow. And, and that is how I think we should all, with you, you have, and I can see very clearly, there is a lot of things that you would be doing unconsciously. And almost all the successful people out there, they're not aware of so many things that they do. Since I've been learning this and I've been devoting myself since 2016, uh, understanding how the mind works and how conversations impact, every day the learning that, you know, the research and everything that opens up, it makes you realize that there is a method to the madness and it's just about understanding. Understanding math, yeah. <laughs> and when you know that, then you know what happens? You know how to leverage on it. Then you know how to use it to your advantage. And that's where all the difference happens. So uh, since we're talking so much about mindsets, right? So you mentioned in your business talk, doing it the Kazan way. Like your mindset does not change, you will be stuck. Now, how can you start with small actions for small improvements? Because, you know, you don't want to just deep dive and jump into trying to make major changes. Right? Like you said with the mind, the approach is like go slowly and gradually. So how do you use the Kazan way? And what is the Kazan way? So Kaizen is a Japanese term which means uh, continuous improvement. We were having this conversation yesterday at Turning Point with a gentleman who wanted to increase his salary. And this is a very common concept, right? A lot of people want to have more in their life, more than what they have. What they don't realize is to have more, you have to do more. And if you have to do more, you have to ask yourself, what can I do more today that can add up and increase my value because whatever you're getting paid today is for the value you're creating today and for what you're valued today. So your salary is for what you're valued, valued. today. Now, if you ask yourself the question, how can I increase my value? Then you start seeing, I have to do a course. I have to add more people. I have to do networking. I have to start growing. You understand and ask yourself which area of my life or what can I grow into? And that's why Kaizen comes in because Kaizen is about continuous learning or continuous evolving or continuous movement, you know. This came about from uh, the Japanese uh, where they were, for the automobile industry, they were actually using it with uh, Toyota when the World War II happened and Hiroshima and Nagasaki, mm -hmm. the whole country was blown apart and they had to start uh, from scratch, right? And they committed to this act of let us rebuild from scratch, but let's build something world-class. And that became the intent of every person. And they decided that nothing will break them. And that's why you see, when, even when the tsunami happened, in the face of calamity, they know they can build things back because they have that resilience ingrained within them. So if you speak about Kaizen, that is it. It's just asking yourself, what is it that I can do today that will help me grow better than I was yesterday? And what do I want to become tomorrow? And how do I increase my value as it is perceived today to something more tomorrow? Because when my value perception increases, my salary or my take home or my income that I generate or all those things will increase. The more you know, the more you do, the more, more you value. can but that's so true. Like we look at all of these uh, people, you know, the successful people, and then we, we just look at the success, but we don't look at the journey that has led to that pers person to be successful. Like a Michael Jordan, 
remember the hours of training, the process, the intensity, the mindset, you know, the thing is he had like that killer attitude. You wake up at four o'clock, you like practice for five, six hours. It just doesn't happen. Like you say, you have to take actions. You have to do, put in the effort. You have to learn, grow, develop to get to from point A to point B. Just by thinking about it is not going to happen. There's a lot of effort that goes behind it. Absolutely. And when someone tells you that you cannot do it or don't do it, anything for that matter. Like when I started Awesome Walkers, I asked people, how often should I do it? And they were like, do it once or twice a month because I said, why? Because we cannot come every week. Now, when I started doing Turning Point every day, people are again saying, why do you want to do it every day? You will burn out. When someone says you cannot do it or don't do it, what they're saying is they cannot do it or they wouldn't be able to do it. Their way of being onto you. And only you know what you're capable of. And only you know what you want to grow into. So again, coming back to the whole concept of if we understand ourselves and if we can cut off the noise that is from outside. So I was telling you yesterday, right? I, I was looking at my niche and I was thinking about who I need to focus on when I was thinking about uh, my coaching clients. And I was thinking till day before yesterday, I was thinking and I was telling to myself that it can be anyone or it has to be people who are coaches who want to grow and I'll have other coaching clients as well. But now today when I think about it and when I look at the congruence and when I look at what excites me, it's about people who are leaders or change makers, people like you, you know, who really want to. So for me, when I see this initiative, what you're doing, this is what I see for you and what I can see very clearly is this is one thing that you're doing that is going to take you one step further towards what do you want to become? This is not your purpose. Your purpose is something else which is driving you to do these things. What you're doing is you're enhancing your value proposition, how people perceive you. And when your value increases, your big ticket, you will get it. Right? Absolutely. So you are going to do at least 365 of these, I'm sure. Right? 200, 300, you'll do of them. And then probably you will get on to TV. Probably you will get on to the radio. Probably you will. What I see in you is this. You want people to thrive. You want people to excel in what they do. You want to be the reason for people's happiness. That is your purpose. So everything that you do, if you start measuring, you'll ask yourself, how many lives do I want to change or have an impact, positive impact? If I have made some people smile or have been the reason for someone's happiness, for me at the end of the day, that's my joy more than anything else. So you will find multiple ways to do it. Now you're doing Toastmasters. Now you're doing a podcast. Exactly. Tomorrow you'll write a book. Day after tomorrow, maybe you might start acting in movies. Maybe you'll start doing something else. Maybe you'll start doing charity work. Maybe you'll start working for an NGO. Maybe you'll start your own NGO. But your whole intent, your purpose is this, to bring joy into the more number of lives. Lives. That is your purpose, what drives every decision that you take. And if anything comes in your way of doing that, it will suffocate you and it will break you and it will give you no more meaning in life and it will rob you of your happiness because you're not able to provide someone happiness. So if you get into a situation where, let's say, by some reason, you become the executioner of lives where when people are not... (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's not get there. <laughs> right? 
So you get what I'm saying. If it is exactly the opposite of who you are as a person, and this is so important for every human being who's listening to this talk as well. The moment you stop doing what comes to you naturally and easily, you're robbing the opportunity for you to live a fearless life. You're robbing the opportunity to live a thriving life. You're robbing the opportunity from yourself to live a life that has meaning and purpose because you're removing the purpose out of yourself. Mm -hmm.